Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Millwall Fan Show, the latest on the Lions. And all the gossip from the den. Plus you fans getting vocal on the socials. The Millwall Fan Show with 7OTB.com. Predict 7 to net a million. Love Sport London, a great station for a great city. city, 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 city. This is Love Sport Radio. We took more things. Millwall until 10 p.m. tonight. Joining this evening, Nick and Mike from Ashtung Millwall. Good evening, Aaron. How did you come up with that name? Achtung Millwall. Um, well, it's 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 the it's the standard sign whenever there's a minefield, isn't it? Achtung Minen. Um, with a death's head, Very good. skull and crossbones, and then there's the uh, U2 album Achtung Baby, which I quite liked. So the the name just stuck. But we missed you. We 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 had um, Sammy last show, yeah. didn't we? And it wasn't Did you miss the same. It wasn't the same, Aaron. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Grand praise. Thank you very much. Nick. I appreciate that. <laughs> Did you miss me as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Devastators. <laughs> I was going to start a viral campaign and everything. There you go. Yeah. yeah we you had, know, forget, forget, forget free Deirdre Rashid. It's bring back Aaron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a bit of a quiet one. It, it is. is a bit of a quiet one. You know, this it week. Is. Not really much on the grapevine. Um, I had a bit of sad news this week. Nick, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm going to leave you to kind of, you know, delve into it because I, I don't know if I'm the right person to, to talk about Christoph. So. Christoph Kine, um a winger from the 2000-2001 promotion season. Do you remember Christoph, Michael? Oh, very well, Christoph yeah. Kine. Great player, great, great player, player for us. Mercurial is the word I've chosen. Um, but anyway, on a serious note... He was involved in a car crash in his native Belgium. Um, the last report we had was from uh, Liège. He's uh, from, from that city, saying he's a, a victim of a serious road accident which required his evacuation by a helicopter, wishing him a speedy recovery. So that's the latest we've got on, on Christophe's situation. So I just want to send everyone at Millwall's best wishes, mm, everyone yeah. at the station, everyone that's listening, I guess. Um, As a player, I know, I, I'm, I'm sure I've just, I've just read that he's... He quit Millwall because his his wife was expecting a baby. I believe so. His girlfriend back and home. wife was expecting yeah. a baby and decided yeah. to go back. Yeah. Well, yeah, the thing with uh, Christoph Kinne as well, which um, yeah, which is quite it's quite sad for Christoph to a point, is that you know in that in that side where we had the Tim Cahills and the Neil Harris's in the prime, Stephen Reeds, Stephen Reeds, Paul Ifills, he got over yeah. Savarese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Giovanni. Yeah, Bertram. Um, he, he got um, he got overlooked quite a lot, didn't he? I mean, like I always really liked him. He was he was, he was a traditional winger. He was a little guy, very skillful. Um, but he was never one of the ones you thought of first when you spoke about that promotion side. No, was but, he? but the quality. I mean, I suppose if you were to criticise his game, he's, he lacked the defensive side that a modern team would would look for now. Um, but in terms of going forwards, um, he was one of the, one of the better wingers I've seen at the Den. So, and the quality of his crossing, um, and he scored goals as well. So, 
great player. Had a, had a great floppy haircut, didn't he? Had a kind of like a kind of like. And he always looked like he was still about ten years old, didn't he? It's that fabulous Giorgio kit as well. The Giorgio. Was. <laughs> Who was Giorgio? It was it was one of Theo Pathetis's, um, uh market trader. I thought, I thought it was like Sergio Giorgini. I think they were trying to hint that it was, um, it was it was the fashion designer Giorgio. Um, oh, what's his name? Not not uh, the, the one. Not Armani. Got, Armani. Armani. Giorgio Armani. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to hint that it was his Giorgio cousin. Armani, but it was. Giorgio was probably uh, step from, or from Stepney or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say, Chris, to Christoph Kino, South London is a is a fine place to raise a child. You know, it is. I mean, it, it was very well thought of in in uh, the den. Um, it, it was back a few weeks ago. There was a re, um, reunion of ex players when Cahill um, came back, and um, no, it's just sad news. I mean, he's, he's not. You know, he's still with us. So um, let's let's send him our best wishes. Let's hope for a swift recovery. Because for me, he was one of my favourite players, um, and we don't get many foreign players at the Den, do we? That's a, one of our talking points this week. Mm. It's the um, we have a, 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 a by British and Irish policy at the, at the Den, and um, Kine, um was one of the one of the better foreign players that we've had. Let's move on to something that sounds French, but it's actually Italian, and it's Macron. Macron. <laughs> Macron. <laughs> French president as well. The, the, the French president. Makes a nice slide in the, the football kits as yeah. well as running the country. Are you a fan of their kits? Oh, I am too old now to worry about what, what's... Do you still buy a kit, Nick? I, um, I, I, I don't know, no. Why? Um, nothing, there's nothing more ludicrous than a middle-aged man stretching um, athletic, you know, um, high-definition, um, taut material across, um, you know, what is, what is now no longer a six-pack. It, it makes you look a little bit faintly. Look, ridiculous. I to say, for an older gentleman, he's still in fine form. Thank you for in fine form for an older gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, uh, Macron, I don't know. Ask Michael. You're, you're more tuned into this nice kind kit. of stuff, Michael. As long as it's blue and white, will do me. But the, apparently, I've seen people talking about the actual shade of blue that it should be. Yeah, people get hung up on shades of blue, and and we've been favouring a dark blue in recent years, um, rather than a, it used to be a royal blue in, in my my younger days. Um, I quite like the dark blue personally, but it harks back to the Isle of Dogs and the Scots that, yeah. that set up our club in in, in nine, uh, 1888. Um, I'm not sure it's the biggest issue that we've got going on at, at the den at the moment, but there we are. <coughs> what, what, what do you think, dear listeners? Is it dark blue, royal blue? What other blues are there? Sky blue? We don't like sky blue, do we? No, definitely not claret and blue, neither. Not claret no, and blue. We don't want that. Um, that tell, us, tell us your, your preferred shade of blue, which sounds like a jazz album, doesn't yeah. it? Preferred shade of blue. By didn't didn't steps Miles have a Davis. <laughs> deeper steps. shade of blue. We've gone from Miles Davis to steps, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. De- it was a deeper shade. It was of a blue. deeper shade of blue. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> it was steps. What a great show this is! Already, <laughs> it is. It's brilliant. It's, brilliant. it's the off season, dear it's listeners. The we, we, we're struggling. We're scratching. Season. It's like you know a pub that's just been rammed throughout the year, and then just the, the bar keeps just sitting there, just like <laughs> anyone, anyone, no, the one man in there. He's like, do, you, do you fancy another one? No, I'm going I'm to shoot off now. No, no, sure do you know you should one. just have another one? Oh, are, 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 are there better football kits than others, or are they all much the same? I was in. I'm not. Fan of Macron? Are if you I'm not? Honest, I don't know. Are you a student of the kit scene, Aaron? Do you do you, do you study? Yeah, I you, love you do. A you do good football kit. Oh, okay. My favourite Adidas. I oh. think they're the best kits. Well, they're, they're iconic. The seventies, the aren't they? But even now, I think their kits are the best. The worst have got to be Nike. Worst. But with the Adidas, though, there's a tendency that they have the same base model. Well, so do Nike now. Nike have a template. Mm. Everyone has a template, though. That Macron may not. Macron may. <laughs> Yeah, true. Hummel are making a comeback. Hummel, the, Hummel uh, the, uh, the Danish the, yeah. um, half and half from the uh, from the eighties. Charlton, Rangers are going to have Hummel next year, and the Danish national side. The Danish it. national side. How, how many people have had Lonsdale? What we had in two thousand. Blackburn, <laughs> Lonsdale. Lonsdale. I mean, Lonsdale as a kit manufacturer is there pretty poor, are. isn't it? Watford had kit. They, 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 weren't, they weren't good years. What Watford had kit at? Who are yeah. New, New Balance? Are they something to do with Nike? Or are they are they a separate company? The thing, about New, the thing about New Balance is, yeah, yeah. when I, when I were a lad, which is not very which long, is probably ago, yeah. about fifteen years ago. Oh, right, yeah. New Balance were rubbish. <laughs> New Balance trainers were the ones where if if your mum didn't know what she the was doing, the ones my mum would have bought me because she they, have, no, they were they were in like catalogues. Yeah. You know, like literally there'd be like uh, uh, four pages of shoes in like the Argos catalogue, yeah. and New Balance trainers were in there. There never any Nikes, never any Adidas, and New Balance were in there. Suddenly though, they've suddenly found their 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 sort of coming as you know a kit manufacturer. This is brand management. This is what we need at Millwall. We're trying to manage our brand and, and just give it a bit of a link there because New Balance have clearly managed themselves away from the. 
the Little Woods catalogue, pay, yeah. paid 25p a week for five years or something, seen. <laughs> and now they're, they're hip. You know, everyone's wearing them. It, it could be worse. It could be Dry World. <laughs> Dry World who went bust after a year. This is what we're trying to do at the den. We've had Vince Cable down at the den this Have week, you? trying oh. to, you know. And again, it's, it's it's the poor relation of the political leader scene. But was it know. was it Matt Crom when we had Euro Ferries? If as we well? get him over, that would be Euro good. Euro Ferries. Yeah. Well, well, some great. Actually, do you know what? I want to know your favourite sponsors as well. Let's ask you after this. It's our sport. Love sports. Yeah, we're back on Love Sport this Friday night. Talking. What's your favourite kit sponsor? Can I just say, firstly, um, I think the England kits are shambles going into the World Cup. The England kit is a yeah. or the squad. The kit and the, the kit. squad. But the kit. Clothes maketh the man, the, as Del Boy once said. The England kit is overpriced. I mean, it's all overpriced. It's a, you know, it's a thin little t-shirt. Fact. I mean, I, forget I, all this technology yeah. business. It's a t-shirt. Well, the, the fact that it's made of, like, 60 recyclable so plastic they say. Yeah. And, you know, the, the leaves from, like, a a wacka wacka tree or something like that. But, I mean, to be charging the kind of price... It's a racket. I know the FAR racketeers... Um, you know, they, it, it's just a, a means of extracting money from families that can ill afford 60 I, notes I just shirt. think, I think personally that there's a conspiracy and that England got Nike instead of Adidas because Adidas are German. Possibly so. There's, 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 there's clearly, um, you know, more. There's if more, an Adidas, there's more in this than uh, meets the eye. Class. I think with the England squad, we probably need all the help we can get. That's why we're just even trying with technology. To try and get us through the group stage. Put them in the old the Stanley shirts. Matthews button-up shirts with yeah. the, uh, the old school. To crown, be fair, you know, I've, I've been asked what I'm buying for the World Cup, what, what shirt I'm buying for the World Cup, and I'm straight away decided I'm going to buy you know one of the retro ones with the six on the back. Yeah, the uh, the probably more the classic, bo- the probably yeah. more classic shirt yeah. because I don't want to pay for a Nike shirt. And also, they're more comfortable to wear. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't like you. Can, you can pull them off with a jean. We're straying far from the brief of the show here, but they're we're, much we're, more comfortable to wear. With, with a jean, you know, Nick <laughs> you, jeans uh, with a de- denim, denim with a jean or a chino. <laughs> you know, I can see you sporting <laughs> dockers, sporting a sporting a. <laughs> I want to know how many people bought. Do you remember the old um, 2006 training tops with the no sleeves that Sven Goran Eriksson was wearing? Yeah, we, we had those. We had those. I think Macron. Actually, Actually, when they first arrived, supplied the old um, cut-off. I've never understood the tank tops. Do you know who pulls one off? Martin Allen they, pulls they, one they, off. They said to show off your guns, aren't they? Your guns. And Ma- yeah, unless you're George Ella Kobe, it's not going to work. <laughs> Ma- Martin Allen, though, he does a tank top. Well, we were talking about yesterday on the Palace show, that he, 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 he's the only man I know who could pull off. You know the, um, the tank top, which is woolen? Like the jumper oh, style yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, he's the only yeah, man. I know yeah. no one else. Yeah, no, And he still looks brilliant with it. He wears a tie and all that. He's very smart. Yeah, it's kind of like a Bertie Worcester kind of turnout. It's just it? great. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's really didn't Tim Sherwood get some good press about wearing some of the gilet? Oh, the gilet, yeah, of course. Gilet. Oh. Funny enough, you t- you talking about you know the, the half sleeve shirt. Cameroon wore it in a tournament, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And that was banned. Yeah, they got in yeah. trouble for that, didn't they? I, I don't understand why. No, cover I, your arms. Mm. It's an Australian football look, isn't it? They they have the same kind of sort of akin to a vest. Uh, mm. For some reason, FIFA didn't like it. I have no idea, but I mean, for me personally, I've been looking. On online for the old school England kits, the Umbro ones, the Euro '96 ones, the France '98 ones. Sports Director, without endorsing Sports Direct in any way, shape, or form, they mm. do a lot of that kind of stuff. Now they've got no, the, um, the old ones, 1991. No, the, but the, the I'm Stuart looking for Pierce. a proper one. I'm looking for a, a proper, um, oh. an actual official one. I don't want a score draw one of whatever it's called. You know, some B you grade, a real one, a B real grade, one. like one made in Vietnam. No, I want a proper <laughs> one. I want one that came out the Umbro factory in Manchester. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I guess Umbro would be the starting point. I don't know. Would you get go. David Seaman's red goalkeeper kit? No, I want the red home kit. You know, oh, yeah. the old school one with like the stripes, beautiful. <laughs> there was one year England had the uh, the red, the red, the red kit, which was like a polo shirt. Do you remember? Um, they've had a few. Was it on the approach? No, I think it was the own approach to, to World Cup two thousand and two. Mm. Oh yeah, they had the red yeah. kit, which was like a polo shirt with the blue collar. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was quite nice. They had a reversible one year as well, didn't they? No, that's Man United. <laughs> That's Man United. That season, 0102 centenary. Funny enough, talking about football kits, as a kid, one of the most iconic kits ever was the Manchester United V-neck. Uh, they had like a flappy collar and a, and a V into it. It was a George Best, a George, uh, towards the end of his Funny group. enough, I've been, I always I, thought I was it was a classic kit. And, and to veer away from that has always been a mistake for Manchester United, really. I know quite a few pot. It just looks like a Manchester United kit. That's what it should look like. That's I, what, I was given one of them. Actually. Were you? Yeah, I was given okay. one of them. What's your favourite Millwall kit? Um, my favourite Millwall kit comes from the mid-70s when we, we, we played in white um, at one point, Real Madrid style. 
uh, and then we switched back to blue, and they had these kind of Bukta shirts with a huge lion Bukta. on. Bukta. Bukta, yeah. Great, great Huge brand. chest lion, like a Dutch-style lion, and, and we had these kind of um, of-the-day f- white collars. And, um, no, they're iconic. That's my favourite kit, I think. Sometimes I say it's the white kit, and now I think it's the blue kit. I change. Blue, it's the uh, Royal Blue Captain Morgan 94, Captain Morgan, that's a good one. With the white sleeves. You won't get a better kit than that. Captain Morgan was the highest quality sponsor we've ever had. Otherwise, it's coming down to local builders, merchants. Mm. Well, not Wyman's. (laughs) Non-existent ferries. (laughs) Um, Captain Morgan's a product that's globally known. I mean, Ryman's, you could argue about how how far. Beko. They sponsored Barcelona now. Oh, Beko? Yeah. Do they? (laughs) Do they really? From the new den to the new camp. Maybe maybe we're a staging post on the route. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, I don't know. Nice one. Nice one, lads. Um, one man who was let go by Millwall is Najim Abdu, Jimmy Abdu. Jimmy but Abdu. apparently he's been given a testimonial, Nick. Yeah, um, been some talk on, online about whether he will or won't be given a testimonial. He was given a contract at the start of last season and bizarrely loaned straight out, wasn't he, mm. um, to AFC Wimbledon. Um, much respected player, one of my favourite players. You know, um, not the most skillful player, but he would give you an absolute hundred percent every game. Um, and much loved at the Den, player of the season once, twice was he? Or it was, it was um, maybe certainly once, maybe twice. And there's been a debate as to whether he will or won't get a, a, a testimonial. And it was announced this week he will. We don't know who the opponents will be. Probably um, <laughs> AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's, there's, there's this high talk of it being someone, um, you know, Sevilla or, uh, you know, <laughs> someone worth seeing. No disrespect to AFC. What, Plymouth are goal? Yeah, you, but you want to put, it's all about putting um, bottoms on seats, isn't Sedan. it? Sedan. Sedan. Go and get Sedan. We, we, we generally play a middling Spanish or Portuguese side in our pre-season build-up, which is one of my... Um, points I wanted to talk about was the the kind of um, we always start at Dartford. That's that's the opening shot of the campaign. Prince's Park. Prince's Park. Yep. Um, the wooden stadium. What, how it's got to this, I don't know. We we used to have um, tours, didn't we, Michael? We used to go to yeah, places we used like to go Ireland, to Ireland and, and places like that, didn't we? Yeah. Scotland. Oh, Scotland as well. We had. I mean, we played Rafe Rovers. I'm like five years in a row pre-season, we did. didn't we? Um, we've been to uh, well, certainly Ireland, um, 
Bohemians. I think we played yeah, Bohemians. Thing also is like you know, like two thousand one Millwall and the tour of Bosnia. You know, <laughs> <laughs> see Tony Warner wearing like a full there was on one, army suit. One year where there was, I, I, how it even got to planning stage, I don't know. But there, there was a, announced there was going to be a pre-season friendly between Millwall and the Ira- the Iranian national side at the Den. <laughs> and there was it was a real thing. It was going to happen. And then I think as it got closer, it dawned on everyone just what was what 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 are we doing here? You know, and and. It got cancelled, sadly. Um, Did Mill play Sierra Leone in the unit in the Community Cup or something like that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we, which we remain the holders of. That's in our trophy. Yeah, that's account. on the list of honours as well, yeah. The last decent pre-season friendly was Spurs, uh, but that didn't go well. <laughs> 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 and security costs overwhelmed us. That's how we <laughs> finish up playing Stevenage, uh, Dartford away. I want to... I mean, Fleet, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll mention something. Let's go to a quick break. It's 20 past nine. It's Love Sport. Unemployment is through the roof. And if you lose your job at the job center, you still have to show up to work the next day. What's that all about? That I can tell you. This is Love Sport. The Fan Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to £1 million. Yeah, this summer, make sure you join broadcasting legend Chris Tarrant on Love Sport with our charity partner, the Lord's Taverners. He'll be chatting in depth with some of our best love sports stars and playing the songs that became the soundtrack to their careers. This weekend, he'll be joined by big sports fan and Good Morning Britain Motormouth, Piers Morgan, who'll be talking about his love of the gentleman's game and his hopes for Arsenal as they enter their new era and as for Piers' favourite songs be prepared for a big surprise so join Chris Tarrant and Piers Morgan with the Lord's Taverners this Saturday afternoon from midday and Sunday from 9pm only on Love Sport alternatively you can join Millwall on their tour of Palestine <laughs> that would be uh, quite, quite imagine? something <laughs> Nick's driving the coach yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. The, the, uh, I, I'm not a great. I'm, I'm moaning about things I don't even go to. I don't really like friendly matches. It's the. Um, Do you go to the pre-seasons? I don't. No, I, I, when I was a kid, I used to go to. The, I used to look forward to the first games of the season. Do you go, Michael, to, to friendlies? I do try to. I, I remember one years ago the um, Alan McCleary testimonial against Charlton when we would when we were relegated, mm. and then we. I remember we got turned over something like four-one, and we left the ground. We went. Do you know what? For a four-one defeat, I'm quite confident about that because that because <laughs> that Philip Moraes is blinding. Ten <laughs> right. games later. We lost in St Johnston. Spackman got sacked. No one knew what was going on. Yeah, um, um, back in the olden days, in the seventies, used to have something called the Kent Cup, which was a pre-season yeah, tournament, yeah, yeah. and that featured Millwall, Charlton, Palace, and at one point Gillingham. And I think Wimbledon came into it, um, <clears throat> and that was used to be quite entertaining because they had it as a, a series of pre-season games. And why they don't do it now, I don't know. Maybe it's money, but um, that was quite entertaining. I used to quite like that. And the uh, the away trip to Gillingham was, you know, mm. a good start for the season. And I remember one year in the mid seventies they had the the League Cup or the uh, the, the, the various end, uh, incarnations. The of Milk it. Cup. Yeah, and they had the opening round as a as a two legged um, opener to the season. We played all the shot home and away, and um, that used to be quite a good way to start the season. But it had a bit of competitive edge. I think that's what I don't like about friendly games. I don't like international um, friendlies. I don't like friendlies at all actually should be no such thing we talked about John Marquez outside I remember there was um, there was a Charlton game and I think it like we said about with, with the friendlies I think that was Terry Racon's debut for us Terry Racon and Charlton <laughs> fans were absolutely furious when he lined up and I was, I was sitting there thinking I know there's obviously the rivalry but it is just a friendly and then yeah, Darren Purse fell over. We never saw him again. <laughs> Thierry Racon was on the payroll for some years, wasn't he? We'd never, re- never, never really seen. I, I wonder if he actually existed at one point. <laughs> one of these phantom employees, you know, that, um, that the company set up to, to um, you know, to, to l- loosen tax. the tax bill or something. Yeah, the ghost worker, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ingessen was like that as well at one point. Danny Ingessen um, was, was again on the payroll, but very little in terms of actual appearances from him. But anyway, we, we stray far from the Yeah, path. we were straying far. We, I mean, we were actually talking about Jimmy Abdu's testimony. We were, weren't we? <laughs> Great servant of the club. Um, appearances at testimonial games can vary. I saw there was a list of um, crowds. I think the Harris one was the biggest one. I think Gary Alexander got a big one for his testimonial. And I think the lowest one was Tony Craig, sadly, which is um, there's only a couple of thousand people turned out for that. So I suppose there's always a chance you don't draw a big crowd. But I do hope that Jimmy is well rewarded. He's a great player, great servant, and um, you know, wish him well wherever he goes to from 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 here. I don't know if he's still playing at AFC. Is he still? No, Jimmy Abdu. Yeah. Well, he's returned to Millwall. 
Yeah. And then yeah, released. Yeah, released. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is he playing? Is he, is he, what's, what's become of him? Where has he gone? Well, he's, he's I think he's a free agent at the moment, isn't he? Floating around South London somewhere. Okay. Maybe he needs this testimony. Maybe we do need to turn out for him in that case. Yeah, sorry. Fixture announcements. You're looking forward to them? Love that. I love new fixtures. It's, well, it's like the little island on the horizon of the ocean, isn't it? You know, that you're going to get close to a season again, and the, the announcement of fixtures is always a, a big day, and you start to work out your calendar from there. Do you look forward to it, Mike? I do, yeah. It's, um, I don't know about you, but it's always first game of the season, when we're playing Leeds, last game of the season, and we're at home Boxing, <laughs> well, boxing day. day. Yeah, Boxing that's Day. That's basically it. Yeah. Boxing Day is always. New Year's Day is a good one as well. That's yeah, New Year's Day is cool. Always look for. Um, yeah, it has, it's an irrational excitement to it in a way because, you know, you're going to play everyone anyway, but it's who you're going to get on the opening day and what the, be? the best bit as well was when Stoke you. Stoke away or something. Yeah. Or <laughs> the best bit is when, when you look at that January period and you think. Well, let's have a sweepstake when the FA Cup game will be. Is it going to be the second? Is it going to be the third? Will it be the fourth? Because there's always that window of about five days where normally there would be a game. And you have these series of international breaks now in the modern game as well, which there's one that comes in quite quickly, isn't there? September's an international break. I mean, literally, it's a case of the the clubs play... The the, the EFL clubs play the first game. Then it's, wait a week, Premier League clubs jump in, EFL second game, Capital One Cup first round. Yeah, that's right. Then yeah. the international right. Yeah. I just see no point in that. No, you, you think you'd think they could, you know, really restructure that. I mean, as I said, I mean, back in the day, the League Cup used to be an opening, and that that gave it an edge. Which you think that would be not not a bad idea. I mean, um, to to give give some competitive edge to to the start of the season, I think is a good thing. Um, but no, I do look forward. to I blame that. the mythical fixture computer. Do you reckon there's actually one computer just calculating it at the moment? Well, they, they say that they the clubs get sent the list and then they will have a t- discussion as to wh- whether they can move things around a little bit to suit. Well, West Ham will be doing agenda, that. You know. Spurs will be doing that, playing the first four games away in the Premier League. Spurs stadium due to be completed soon. Well, they're they're hoping so. Um, so yeah, they will need to get fiddling with the man or the, myth, the mythical um, computer com- uh, fixture compiler, won't they? Mm. Back in the day, it used to be the actual person who did it. Fancy having that job. Yeah, that, that's a very I'd be, tough I'd be job. utterly useless at that job. I'd have everyone playing so each other like five got, times. Do you know what? Truth be told, it's, it's reliant on, on good quality <laughs> mathematics, I'd imagine. Which is where, I'd, you know... You know, um, you need to be very good at maths. Be my downfall. You know. Um, speaking of which, Maths GCSE, good luck to everyone doing it. All we Millwall fans out there doing it. <laughs> you beat me to it. I was just going to say that. When did you do your Maths GCSE? Uh, I did the Maths GCSE, um, which I passed, incidentally, listeners. Was it an O-level? Um, uh, no, actually it was an O-level. Yeah, I got, I got an O-level. Um, it was 1976. And we were destined, there was a, it could almost make a film out of this, we were destined to be a GCSE class, and we had this mm. uh, hungry young teacher that came in and wanted us to get into the O-level, which was the better qualification, and mm. she, she worked us. It was a bit like the, you know, the opening scene of Fame, where we all worked, and we got ourselves into... Um, I managed to just about scrape home in the, in the O-level. So, yeah. Yeah. When did you do your GCSE? Oh, I can't remember. I'm 31. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. The one about 10, 12 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Yeah, what, 50, 15 years ago now. Funnily enough... Oh, that's frightening. Talking about the educational value of football, my, my nephew is really looking forward to the World Cup. It, it, for him, this is the first World Cup he'll be... You know, aware of in the sense of knowing a bit about the game and, and the football so he's, he's in, insanely excited about it and actually um, it's quite an educational tool because you, you get to understand countries and a bit of history a bit of geography a bit of um, all sorts of stuff actually certainly I learned a lot from my old F- Ruffman's football yearbook That's what, that was my uh, introduction to mathematics and goal, goal average back then goal difference I'll t- I tell you what though even, even at my age I feel like I'm so out of t- like time with all like the younger generation everything like that because I got a wall chart for my little boy printed it off for him and I thought oh he'll love this he'll be really good oh, he can no. fill it in and all this so I've got it at A3 printed Ooh. it all nice I went yeah mate Ooh. and he went what's that then when it's a wall chart you can like put the scores in work out how it's all going he went yeah give it to me brother I ain't doing that he's, no, he's not going to do it nah, wall six. charts were so good yeah why wouldn't he wall do it wall charts are brilliant it's probably because it's not on an iPad <laughs> It's, it's not an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to do it for him. Millennials. No, no. Millennials. The wall chart was exciting. Oh, I love the wall chart. Filling in the results. Filling Absolutely. in the results. Working out you know, possibilities. What was stuff. the first World Cup you remember, Aaron? What's uh, the first one you were aware of? France 98. The first tournament was Euro 96. Euro 96. I remember Euro 96 because we lived in Wembley. Okay. And I remember the bus. And I remember going, you know, and, and 
I just remember these signs. Um, you know, you know, on the lamppost they they have those sort of banners coming mm, down, yeah. and it used to say Brent Council wel- welcomes you and Coca Cola and welcome to England and welcome to Wembley and Euro '96 and stuff. And I remember the logos, the Euro '96. Yeah. I remember Euro '96 so clearly, and the blimp that used to hover around. Yeah, yeah, and we, I shop. used to yeah. every day, every every single day, I go out my house and I walk out and I turn left, and you now where my old house is, you can see the Wembley Arch, mm. and all I used to do was look for the blimp. Every single day of my life, till I was about twelve years old, till they knocked down Wembley, till yeah. til that till that last game at Wembley, I used to look for the blimp and I used to look at what blimp is it today? Is it Continental tyres? Is it Coca Cola? I just I had this fascination with it. I had this real fascination. So Euro '96 first. Euro '96. What about you, Michael? First big tournament you remember, mate? Mine was World Cup '94. Even though we weren't 94. in it, I remember Dinah Ross. Yeah, she, penalty she, she took a penalty, didn't she? Yeah, and the, the, the goal breaking, even though it didn't hit the back of the net. And I remember my dad trying to explain to me that we have to support Ireland because they've got an English manager and they're the closest we are. And I, and I just couldn't get my head around why we weren't in it. So I was just too young for the Graham Taylor qualifying. I'll tell you stages. what, I'll tell you what, let's, let's go to a quick break because I want to talk to you about patriotism and, and getting involved mm. about the World Cup. Let's okay. do this. It's half past nine. In fact, it's well past half past nine. It's love sport. It's true. Me and Kanye West are so alike. We both act like total jackasses all the time. Um, yeah, just having a talk about poli- political bit of politics here for you. Um, yeah, sorry, you asked me about how, how you know what I'm thinking about the World Cup. Truth be told, I've been listening to three lines every day and repeat. Oh, yeah, every you get that day. bad about it. Do you? it I, it's it's quite an emotional song. I'm I'm one of the ones that it's a heartbreaking song. Is, actually, yeah. if you, if Jules remains still clean. Yeah. I'm I'm one of the ones who, for some, I just. Don't know what happens, but like two, three games to go, I'm, oh, before it starts, I'm thinking we might actually win it. This yes, year. yeah, I actually yeah. think we might do it. And then, then yeah, I buy the now that's what I call crap music songs or football songs, and then put that on the stereo. Have it's v- just like, Vindaloo it's, blaring out. It's, the it's speakers. a B grade version of World in Motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, my, my first World Cup that I remember was 1974, West Germany as it was then, and I was kind of brought up on English failure because I was aware that there was a glorious time in the past when we won the World Cup, and then we went very close in Mexico, 1970, which I was aware of, but not I was too young to really know what it, what it meant. And 74, we failed to qualify, and um, then we failed to qualify again in 78 in Argentina. So um, it was kind of an odd, uh, you know, the, the dawning football awareness was that England didn't win stuff. You know, we 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 didn't get to big tournaments. I I don't like watching the qualifying process. I'm bored of that. I'm not interested in the qualifying process. I'm not interested in friendlies. But when we get to a tournament, I know exactly the feeling you're doing. It's often when you least expect it, you get this. It's like this little button, like this little sensor switches on, and you're like, bing. It's like you know, I could be eating my cereal, and I'm like. Hold on a minute, Aaron. Hold, whoa, whoa, hold on. You see, like an article or something. Yeah, we we could win this, you know. And funnily enough, I had that feeling today, mm. and I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? New blood, youth. It's going to be tough. You know, people are saying we'll get to the quarters, we'll get the semis. It's going to be tough. Have new, you know, new blood in it. But you know, we could get past some last spot. We could get past Germany. We could do that. Don't your face still? Stand by. Didn't they make a statement about something like twelve years ago that we'll win it by two thousand twenty-two? Well, and they're still, target, isn't it, so and they're still trying. They're still standing by that one of statement. The, um, aren't they? Justifications for the formation of Premier League was that we would win on mm. a regular basis major tournaments like the European and and World Cups. And um, <laughs> well, that's that worked out well, didn't it? Um, yeah. Can you ever go into a tournament expecting to win it? I don't know. I mean, kind of. Normally, it dawns on. Yeah, I remember Italia '90. I mean, it, it, I don't think anyone really thought we'd have a chance of winning it, and yet that's probably the closest we've come in my adult life. Coming um, the third, we finished, I think, in the end. But I don't think anyone up until we got past Cameroon truly believed that we'd have a chance of winning that. And um, I think these things build. Um, I, what I like about this World Cup is that the England team isn't. Um, you know, isn't floating anyone's boats out there. It's beige, I think Harry described it as the other the other week, and a lot of players I don't know much about, so the expectation's not there, which is probably a good thing. Truth be told, I mean, you know, with with tournaments, for me, the one again, Euro '96, mm. France '98 for me, and then it skipped to to World Cup '02. World Cup '02 for me was just. Japan. Like, Japan. It was yeah. something special and, and the country sort of gripped, you know. Yeah. And I loved 06 as well. I, I just enjoyed tournaments under Sven because although he got his he had his critics, I think we gave it a go then. 
And we had the golden generation as well. We actually had some quality players in there. Well, we did. I mean, we were managed by Glenn Hoddle in France, 98, weren't we? And, um, yeah, we was that the Argentina game? We went out yeah. and, mm. uh, to, to each, to, to uh, 10-man England, to Argentina. And West Ham coming back and absolutely destroying David Beckham. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that probably there's not the, the weight of expectation. Um, it would be nice to see us get close to a major win. Um, whether this is the squad for it, I don't know. Mm. We should have a lot of good, good young talent, so that's that's always hope. But we were saying outside, weren't we? And I was going to bite my tongue, but with this England side, I can't see how some of the players we've got. And it was the same with the last one in in Brazil recently, wasn't it? Was it 2014 in Brazil? 14, yeah, Brazil. When everyone was like, "Oh, let's not put the expectation on on their shoulders. Let's not do this." This is this is a, a squad that's got Premier League winning players. This mm. has got this has got centre forward in. Um, Harry Kane who for the last two years everyone has said any team in Europe in the world would buy him Jamie Vardy who's being looked at apparently by Atletico Madrid he's, he set the Champions League on light last season he went on a Premier League goal scoring run of scoring in about 50 million games in a row mm. and yet oh no that's fine don't worry about the international tournament what fascinates me with the weight of expectation as well I mean you're right you know um, these are experienced players but <clears throat> do do young German players and young young Spanish players and young French players have the weight of expectation they, they probably do forget that when German Germany started bringing those players through everyone was praising him going oh wow look at all Plenty these the players yeah. and why can't we bring them through like we used to at Lille so why are we doing this why are we you know not preparing for the future and, and you know it was like, oh, look at the Germans. Look at their innovative youth system. Look at them. They're brilliant. They're great. Cool. Lovely. And it's like England, rubbish. rubbish. But yeah. I, I think yeah. one of the things as well, what helps, is it, I think it's Spain, who they play exactly the same formation for every age group. So, for example, yeah. where you might get yeah. the under-21s, they play like 4-3-3, three, three or we've played a 3-5-2 recently. If you had, say, for example, Carlos Puyol get injured, mm. well, we've got another right-back who's played under-19s. He going for a game because he's been playing that system for the past four years and that's how we play they all play exactly the same way so like we were saying with the Germany side I think it was the Germany side um, who beat us under Capello it was either wasn't that a youth team from a few years before mm. we'd all played together yeah. they'd played exactly the same system as the first team so I think that might be a reason why you do get some of our England players they come in they light up at under 21s but when they come into the first team it takes them a while I mean the under 21s under Stuart Pearce look you know, sort of formidable, you know, they had some fabulous hunts in there, and then it just all seems to be like, you know, the, the I don't the know. The 17 team on the World Cup, yeah, didn't Yeah, what is it a case of, you know, why is it when we, these players go through transition, it just doesn't work? Um, structure of the game in this country doesn't encourage young English talent to make it to the top. I mean, if, if there's a, if the Premier League truly is the best league in the world, and that's a different, different debate, then it should be a wash with this young English talent. It's not for many reasons they they, they, they don't seem to mature in, in the same way as say a German player would do or a Spanish player might do there we are 10 minutes to 10 o'clock this is Love Sport I'm actually really humble more humble than you'd understand and I'd choose this one over LBC Talksport and 5 Live put together for sure that's the truth right there and I don't lie back on Love Sport this Friday night just talking England a bit be fair and it's, it's only right we do and I wanted to bring up the point that we're talking during the break about the managers and, and Mike you're making the point about Gareth Southgate and how he can't and wouldn't be able to sort of express himself if you like if that if that's the, the phrase we want to use yeah I mean if you, if you look at his exact same with Roy Hodgson when Roy Hodgson was appointed manager and you know he's done great things with Palace at the moment and he did great with West Brom but Every, everyone was saying it's got to be Redknapp at the time, wasn't it? Everyone was screaming and shouting for Redknapp to be the England manager. I think he was 4-1 to one on at one point. You know, he was an absolute dead cert, put your mortgage on him being England manager. But again, and we were saying about with Brian Clough um, in the break, weren't we? Um, Harry Redknapp probably is just too vocal to be an England manager. That's nothing against Gareth Southgate as a person. I'm sure he's a, he's a, he's a great chap. You know, you always read good things about him and what he is as a player as well. But he's... He's he's nice, isn't he? He's, 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 he's no, nice. no, 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 no. He's a yes man. Mm. Is he? I, I, I think Roy Hodgson. Hodgson. I, 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 I mean, I remember Hodgson in Euro '96. He managed the Swiss team, and mm. I think he'd been around the European scene. I think he managed in Sweden, Sweden, wasn't he? Was it? Oh, uh, Scandinavia, and then uh, it, Malmo. He was at Malmo wasn't in Italy. Mm. So he was an experienced manager. I think what we do in this this country, particularly, is we turn people into cartoons. You know, so now you know Hodgson. I think has done a great job for Crystal Palace this season. Uh, much as it pains me to say that. Um, 
but you know, he, he, he went through this kind of the old man in the garden shed kind yeah, of period. Truth be told, it? though, the press made an absolute mockery of him. An yeah. absolute mockery of him, you know, uh, taking the mick out of him with these these pictures of him, you know, fair enough, like, you know, sometimes everyone does a funny face, you know, they did mm-hmm. Phil Jones, they did Roy Hodgson. I just think for a fact that the FA are constantly looking for someone who will, who, who will be a yes man, who will... Um, who won't go against their sort of the internal moral codes? Who won't, you know? You That's know, certainly what they look for. Yeah, really course, get, yeah. Is that Gareth? A hundred percent. Is it? A hundred percent. The guy's a glorified prefect. If you look at him, the way he is, the way he acts, the way he speaks is very FA. I find. Yeah. I mean, briefly, they went for Sam Allardyce, who was not that. I mean, not, it stung them. Uh, and that, they got stung. They got yeah, stung. Yeah, but that's for other reasons. It stung, didn't it? No, but they got stung. That's the thing. Yeah, and then they they decided, right, actually, whoa, 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 you know, they could have gone for Pardew. Yeah, but well, <laughs> I mean, they what, could have gone back to Glenn Hoddle. Give, yeah, I mean, the, Hoddle was not a bad manager. No, um, he was a great tactician. Great tactician. Not, not. What can we say on, on live radio? Singer, probably good probably best well. what we say. No, here, that was uh, yeah, that was El Tell. El Tell was a great singer. <laughs> he, in fact, do you know what? One of the best things that El Tell did was for the twenty. Not the Mars no, it was actually for a newspaper. Oh, right. He, he did a cover of Elvis, If I Can Dream. Mm. It's actually my favourite Elvis song. Interesting character, too. If I Can Dream. And he did this one. It was on top of the, the O2. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was the O... It was a 10 World Cup, 2010 World Cup. And he was like, if I can make my dream come yeah. true. And, and it was like, come on, England, dare to dream. And you know what? That's the type... That's, that was, you know, the click moment. When I saw that advert, I'm just like... Whoa. If El Tell can believe it, so can I. Yeah, what a man. Were. It what made man. me laugh that Roy Hodgson was flayed alive on one occasion. I can't remember when, but he quoted... I think the, the addressing room speech had been leaked outside, and he'd quoted an author. He'd quoted a book. It implied he'd read a book. <laughs> I don't know who really the author was now, but that, that was the most damning thing in English football. That you'd actually read a book, and you know, you're intelligent enough to speak another language, and you know, it's, but, it's a, it's a fatal it's national flaw. Highly intelligent man. They got their fingers burnt with Aldous. Let's be fair. We're talking about Brian Clough. Brian Clough was the greatest manager who never managed England. He should have managed England at some point. I think Harry Redknapp, I think, to be fair, we would have gone closer to the tournament with Redknapp because he played attacking football and he picked the right people. Harry Redknapp's a mod... um, With the England selection policy with management Harry Redknapp is the modern day Brian Clough isn't he I know we've, we've just touched on that but international management is a very different ball game to club management isn't it I mean you know you're not working for over a 40 odd game season 46 game season 38 whatever with international football management you're, you're about the personality driven how many games to win a World Cup maybe 8 or 10 games I don't know groups and the, the various um, knockout stages you don't need you don't need a season long management guru you need a personality or drive you Let, let's it. let's be fair though going back to 2014 and there was one player decision that was baffling me and I, you guys this is probably the worst show to bring it up on i see you laughing can you guess who i'm talking about no, no. go on mark no. noble mark noble oh, who was, who was playing so well <laughs> who's no let's be fair he was in the top five to eight midfield english midfielders in the country at the time he was playing some brilliant football Devastated him because he's now reduced a bouncer at the London Stadium, throwing people off the pitch. Man, there you go, and they they didn't pick him. They didn't pick him. I feel because he wasn't fashionable enough, and maybe the FA just said, "Yeah, nah, we're not having it." And it's like yesterday, I had the uh, the Brentford guys on Billy and whatnot turning around, going, "Well, are we ever going to see a Championship player?" Oh, in the England side, well, Jay, Jay Boothroyd. Did Jay Boothroyd go out there when he was at Cardiff as uh, one year for uh, qualifying? And, and didn't David Nugent when he was at Preston? He, he, David Nugent wasn't at Preston. Dave, David Nugent when he played Fringlands I think it was in the Premier League with Portsmouth or was it at Portsmouth I, I think I, it was in the Premier League I, can't, I remember, I, remember we did, I think it might have been before then we did have, we did have a championship player go out there once and you're right there was a big stink about it but 2010 where it was at Cardiff yeah to be fair I would have picked Sessegnon I would have taken him. I would have taken him. I would have taken him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, bit, a lot of debate, obviously. Look at the goals I, I, I thought he looked a real deal when he came to the den. You know, he, he had his moment, he took his chance. But look at the goals he scored. Um, yeah. You know, the and goals. He looked the part for me. I mean, th- these are the failings we're having as, 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 a, yeah. as a footballing nation. I think the biggest failing, the biggest shambles is Wilfred Zaha. 
what not to take him well the fact that he's mm. he's decided to switch allegiance because yeah. he felt that he was never going to get any game time because of the club he played for and the fact that he'd had a poor season with Man United he thought you know what I'm not going to get any game time in England and maybe he'd been told by someone hey look you're not really going to get any games switching allegiance takes us down a dark road doesn't it how can you switch allegiance you are well, who you are yeah that's right. why I'm really proud of um, Steve Morrison when he chose to play for, uh, for Wales, Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe if I, if I had a Northern Irish grandfather, I might have switched my allegiance. Who would you be able to play for? England, I'm afraid. They're all from South East London, my friend. <laughs> well, I, I'd, I'd have been able to plan this alternative uh, World Cup with Yorkshire. I, I'd be able to play for the Punjab. In you Punjab, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. The alternative World Cup. But if they go back Cup. to grandparents, you could probably play for Pakistan. For me. <laughs> Well, Punjab was part of the, the, the... No, I'd be able to play for... It's per- uh, place of birth, Europe, isn't it? Place, oh, well, sorry. Well, I'm, presu- I'm presuming. Yeah. But it's, it's pra- place of birth of your grandparents, isn't it? It's, you that's how, so, you know, where, where and what political entity was that in? At Kenya, the Tanzania. There you Britain. go. There you go. So, you know, it, mm. it gets a bit ludicrous, doesn't it? lead back to England. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my name was from Hull, so now that Yorkshire have got a national side, I'm just waiting for the a Yorkshire call Yorkshire national side. <laughs> what is that all about? What is that all about? Ten minutes to uh, ten minutes, ten o'clock. I'll tell you what, our producer, Jamie, he's from New Zealand, and by the looks of it, the way the state there, are, I mean, he'd probably get a call. Probably have right a now. go at yeah. <laughs> well, Ten to ten o'clock, it's like love sport. Lego, the strongest brand in the UK. I think I'm going to have to build my wall with Lego now. To 10 o'clock on Love Sport. We've got Ed Bowser up next on the Lake Ship. We're just discussing who you'd be able to qualify for in uh, uh, playing yeah, football. Yeah, Canada as well as England and maybe Ireland. I'm not quite sure on the rules. But if Canada gave you the call up, would you take it? I would, yeah. But, um, <laughs> Where would you see yourself playing? <laughs> Where would I play? Yeah. Uh, position? Uh, playing goal, probably. Um, because <laughs> They've had a terrible <laughs> reputation for goalkeepers. Have they? Canada. Craig Forrest, the only man to let in nine... Six and seven, I think, in the Premier Oh, wow. Well, my yeah. reflexes are quite good, but my uh, distribution, my kicking is appalling. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think we'll I get the job. We'll work on it. We'll work All on right. it. Okay. What's coming up? What's coming up? We're going to be talking about home base. So, this is quite an interesting one. So, some Australians bought home base in 2016. Mm-hmm. They paid £340 million for home base. They thought they knew how to run this. So, they said, what we need is to get... This is absolutely true. We need to get more Barbie in the store and fewer kitchens and fewer bathrooms this company's not selling enough barbecues that's right. the mistake they're making okay. guess what it's all gone wrong they paid 340 million pounds two years ago what are they selling it for quid. now exactly a quid the funny thing about the barbies is ed when i was actually in the market for a barbecue i went to home base and the selection was out of this world. Oh, well, <laughs> Shall I tell you something, though? Yeah. They're extortionately priced. Well, there you go. Absolutely mm. extortionate. Well, that, that's, paid How- a contra- that's paid a contract for Neil Morrissey when they used to do the adverts, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. However, I will give you this. When Homebase have a sale, they have a sale. Because I picked up a 15-pack of deluxe Christmas baubles <laughs> for 40 pence. And I, I've always... You know what? As a child, I always wanted a wreath. You know, a on wreath. your door. A wreath on your door, you know, at Christmas. But a happy wreath, not a sad one. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, want, I always wanted like a nice bit of sprig of holly. Yeah, I know. I picked what you up mean. a wreath for 40 pence in the middle of August. Wow. Baubles, middle of August. I bought all these Christmas decorations and I bought a, a, a nice dining set, dining table for my garden for about 20 quid. It's no wonder it's gone skin. Exactly. It? That's, that's I'm just thinking to myself, do you know what? Bargains, 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 bargains. Well, yeah. Anyway, it's all gone wrong, clearly. We're going to be talking about Ocado as well, where things are going very, very well, and the biggest mm. US supermarket chain is now going to use Ocado technology. No, Kroger's. Kroger's. Walmart are bigger in terms of everything, but in terms of food, Kroger's, I believe, are still number one. Do you, would you do your shopping online, like food shopping? I, I, not all the time, do it sometimes. My wife doesn't really like it. but I, um, I never would. Do you want, no. we, we, we love mm. a bit of online Ocado. It's the, it's the um, substitutions is a bit of a pain, though, Exactly. Isn't it? Plus, mm. how do you know? Like, you know, I'd like to go and feel my fruit. <laughs> Do you not like to go and feel your Frankie fruit? Howard? I do, I do. You're absolutely right. I do. I like, like to go and analyse it. I do like to feel the fruit when you're picking right. up your melons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you are all right. <laughs> I never knew you was a comedian. Carry on, you? carry on, love sports. I, I, I enjoy it. You know, <laughs> no, I, I enjoy it. I, you know, but you're right. No, you are right. Entertaining the up supermarket. I'll go and have a little bit of a wander. It's nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, you get know? new ideas and you see things that you wouldn't necessarily notice it's, it's, as well. It's when you play with your plums, that's when you're yeah, in trouble. There we go. Boom, boom, boom. Anything else? And also, well, Ocado now in the stock market is worth more money than Marks and Spencer's. Wow. And Marks and Spencer's is really struggling now, closing loads of stores, and I don't know what they're getting. The one near me is rammed. 
Is it? Where's that? If, uh, uh, it's at, I live in. I live out near Maidenhead. Okay. But the one in Slough, they've got a, a Marks and Spencer's like simply food. Right. You cannot get in there. The okay. car park queue is humongous, and it's it's. It, I love it. You can't beat a bit of magic and sparkle. Well, I think the thing about them is they've invested in some stores, but not others. I live near Holloway Road. The Holloway Road store is dire. It's horrible. Why? Uh, it's this, it looks like they haven't spent any money since the seventies. Do they still have the old Saint Michel branding on it? Saint Michel. Uh, no, that has gone. That has gone. Saint Michel. That has gone. Yeah. I think. No, it's um. Yeah. They're quite. But the stuff is quality. Let's be the fair. The stuff isn't bad. I but, love Marks and Spark. But women disagree for the most part. Most women now when you ask them even if they're 60 or 70 they say oh, i don't really like marks and spencer anymore I, I like buying a shirt from you seem like a marks and spencer shirt kind of i love a marks and spencer shirt <laughs> this well here's the thing Boy, it's up, we talked about next last week well yeah. we were but just as i came in the producer jamie said you look very dapper tonight ed and this is a marks and spencer shirt <laughs> and marks and spencer's trousers it's quality though yeah i it's like quality. it you expect I, nothing else but be it a sandwich or be it a suit it's quality well, here's the other thing, though, Aaron. If you were going to start creating a new retail chain now and you had loads of money, you would not say, I'm not going to do, I'm going to have mid-market clothing and upmarket food in the same store. You wouldn't decide that, would you? Do you know what I wouldn't do? What? I wouldn't start a retailer. <laughs> well, I wouldn't that start well. a retailer. There's a lot to be said to that. I'd, I'd, I'd invest in, like, petrochemistry. <laughs> yeah, petrochemistry, something like that. cloud computing, cloud computing artificial in, intelligence. Um, I'd, or either that, I'd just take it back to the old school and, and start a food stall. Yeah, going to because, market. You know, that's what people and love. the sugar style selling car aerials at the back of your car. Pe- no, people love that kind of stuff. Yeah. People love that. People love like yeah. you know, uh, you know. St- it's all about street food now. Alan Sugar started with a stall. Yep. Vape shops. Go. Yeah. Falafels. Falafels. Yeah. Falafels. Yeah. Falafels are big. Marco yeah, they are. Yep. Falafels are big. Uh, Ed, looking forward to it. Pleasure. Bro. Looking forward to it, gents. Ed's show. I always listen to it on the drive home. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always so. enjoyable. Thanks, guys. That's <laughs> all we've got time for. We're done. Thank, thank you very much for joining me. You know, it's that's been it. emotional. That it? That's the end emotional. of the end of the season, season, but not the end of you because we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, we'll be back. We will, be, will seeing be seeing back. you soon. Yeah. In the words of Arnie, looking it's Love Sport Radio. I'm back Sunday with Cockney Reds from 6 p.m. Keep it locked. It's time for the news, which is basically the bit where the presenter goes to the toilet. Digital radio offers great sound quality and more stations than ever before. And we want to make sure that you get Love Sport on your digital radio. Just press the auto-tune or auto-scan button and Love Sport will appear on your menu. Love Sport on digital radio. A great station for a great city. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.